0: Join me, Chelsea Urson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker season three on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
1: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In light of all of the movements that are headlining news right now, and given that today is election day, we felt this next story was hugely important to share. I mean, with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, this topic of racism and discrimination is one that has come up a lot during conversations with kids on this show. And examples too many examples from kids have flooded our inbox.
0: I felt like I had to change my dialect so I don't have to repeat myself when I speak in my Caribbean twang. He would frequently do racist impersonations and use racial slurs. The only native student in my class I wasn't white, I wasn't Mexican, I was Italian and Sicilian, but no one else was. So I was also trying the to only in one who I spoke to my
1: You're going through life and it's tough, but what's going to happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. my guest today is 15-year-old Walker. So Walker moved a lot growing up and during his time at different schools, he experienced racism. And more importantly, he talks about how that affected him and how he felt about himself and the world around him. He speaks here about how he handled the confrontations and what he learned in the process. Let's hear his story.
2: My name is Walker. I'm 15 and I'm from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. As I get older, it sort of feels like as you grow like with confidence, then it's a lot easier to stand up for yourself now than than it would have been back then because I wasn't really as confident with like anything that I would ever do. I mostly lived in like upper middle class neighborhoods my whole life. Everywhere I live, we've been like one of the only like one or two black families in each neighborhood. When I was growing up, that was always kind of strange. And then now it's sort of just like realizing how very few like families are like mine that like exist in this world. And it's always sort of been strange, like walking around in my own neighborhood, not seeing many people that look like me. In the U.S., the way like the system's set up, there's not a lot of black families who are wealthy enough to like live in a lot of upper middle class neighborhoods. And like at school, All my black friends coming from school, like the only people around in the neighborhood that I've been growing up with were like white. And like a lot of those people like went to different schools and stuff. All my black friends came from school and not from outside. And that was weird. I remember in middle school, they would have like all the black kids sitting at one table. I remember I was at that table and it was sort of like in the corner of the cafeteria. Like you could always feel like that someone was looking at you waiting for you to like mess up or do something wrong. We had had like problems with the teachers. Like you could tell every time you looked in their direction, they were looking at you. And like like I asked people from different tables and like they never like experienced anything like that. No. What happened one day was like an orange was thrown from like somewhere in the lunchroom. But like it wasn't thrown from my table and like no one at my table even had like an orange that day teacher that was like watching lunch today like sprinted over like to our table it was like screaming at us like who threw the orange and stuff and like getting really mad at us and like pointing people out and like even no one did it and like that was really bad but, like he had no proof so no one actually got in trouble for it that teacher had like had issues with us in the past for like noise and like being too loud and like generally like he just didn't like anyone at our table and like I'll say that again like we were also like the table for like the only black kids in this lunchroom at this predominantly white school. I didn't really see back then why it was such an issue. It like looking back, now it makes me a little angry. Then I was angry, but it was only for like the reason that like he had just like been annoying and like taken up like the rest of our lunchtime. I wasn't like really angry about the situation like why that had taken place. It's prevalent with children. Racism with, like, other children. Because, like, as before, it's sort of, like, at the moment where, like, they know it's bad, but, like, at the same time, they don't know how bad it is. And, like, racism with other children. I've experienced more racism from, like, other kids than, than from adults. I have a lot of experiences, but, like, what one that stands out to me is, like, in seventh grade, I was in an argument with this kid at their football practice and he was a white kid and then he called me the N-word. I was really angry and frustrated for that situation. One of my friends helped stop their be- from becoming a fist fight and like he told me like it's not worth it with him because I was really angry at the time. The next day, he, like, sort of tried to apologize to me at school. I'm so sorry. But I was just, like, not trying to have it, so I just, like, walked away from him. Like, what he said, like, if he felt, like, comfortable enough to say it, then, like, I don't really think that, like, an apology is, like, going to change anything because it wasn't really, like, sincere at all, really. I told my mom about it, but, like, that was pretty much as far as the situation went because, like, I thought I had handled it. She was really angry and upset, but like she didn't want to press the situation further. But like I remember like it made me feel really angry. And I feel like if the same thing were to happen now, I definitely wouldn't just like let it go like after the day that it happened. I also wouldn't try to get into like a fist fight either, because I wouldn't want to get in trouble for that. I've had like multiple types of those experiences, like at my old school, because like the environment at that school was not so that like people would think that like saying those types of things is not okay. Generally, in those types of situations, no one ever really got in trouble for saying things like that, or like, and like no one held people accountable for like doing any of that type of stuff. So it was about like 8% of the school was black, and then we had 2,000 kids, so we're like 160 out of 2,000. Sometimes I would like change my personality a little bit in order to like fit in more back when I was like younger in middle school and how I would act around different groups of people. And like, it wasn't good cause like around certain people I wouldn't feel like I was like acting like myself cause I would feel like I was trying to fit in too hard. It was like a combination of like both being young and black and like a primary black area. I would be like a completely different person like with each friend group that I had. I would change like my attitude and like ease on different stuff for like each certain friend group. Then you start to like lose yourself and like what you believe in and like what you enjoy. Cause then you're not yourself, you're someone else. And then people start to like someone else instead of you. Then they're not really friends with you. They're friends with like whoever like you're acting like. this past year i moved down to north carolina i started to realize i'd rather have like one like good friend group than sort of just like a bunch of different ones where it was just like each friend group liked the different version of you and that's what sort of like what got me to stop i would tell my younger self to like hang out with who you want to and like stop changing yourself for other people and sort of just be yourself and to not just like Go with the flow, with a, with a lot of things in school, and to not just brush over things that you think are wrong. I think that's important because if I just go with it, then it's just gonna happen to somebody else. It's gonna keep on happening over and over again. If no one's ever held accountable kind of for it, it'll never stop.
1: So now is the part of the show where we take questions from you out there. We ask kids to age nine through 13 around the country through various networks to submit, and we had lots of responses. If you would like to submit a question for future episodes, DM us on our Instagram account, We Got You Show. For today's panel, Walker was also joined by Isabella a teen we will speak to in another episode this season, who also speaks about her experience with racism. And with the election happening today, racial equality is so incredibly important to discuss. So what are the most important things for middle schoolers to know?
0: I think to answer that question, and this is specifically to BIPOC, um, Uh, middle schoolers, I guess, and young people, it's kind of this idea of um, not, you know, sacrificing your identity as, you know, a person of color um, to, to fit in with the normalized, you know, version of society that is often very white and is often very mainstream. So I think, you know, one of the best things we can do is to realize that the fault is not usually with you. Um, when you're dealing with these struggles, but it has to do a lot with these systems. And, you know, sometimes the fact that you're not, that that they weren't designed for you, that maybe you're not supposed to fit in that way. So um, understanding that I think is really crucial for a young age. And so, um, you know, find your own stories and don't listen to always what is told to you um, at face value.
2: I would say stay true to yourself because like looking back, I often my, found myself having, like, two different personalities. I would have one personality that I would have around, like, my white friends. And then I would be a completely different person around, like, my friends that were, like, people of color and, and, like, that. That creates a lot of anxiety and, like, just extra stress that you don't need.
1: So Walker said he experienced racism more from other kids than he's seen from adults. What is it about middle school experience that makes kids feel so isolated in that way? And can kids be racist?
2: Well, like why? It's just like the environment they grew up in and like no one telling them like no that's wrong and like no one checking them if they ever did that before. Like when you mess up in racism and stuff like that happens, lack of accountability and like no one checking them and like it's like going up but like they never got in trouble for doing anything like that.
0: Yeah, um I, I agree and I guess anything that I would add would just be like I think that when we see children being mean or or children, like, I guess, racism coming up in middle school, elementary school, even. Um, I think that's just kind of a symptom of a larger problem because they're obviously learning it from somewhere. Maybe they're not filtering it as well as adults
1: do. Um, but obviously, if they're they're picking that up. Do you think it's important for middle schoolers to talk more openly about race and racism? I do. You know, I think an approach
0: that has been taken in the past is this colorblind lens, um, especially when we're talking with children. Um, but I think that that ends up ultimately doing more harm than it will ever do good. Because um, what it does, I think, is it it ignores a lot of the the struggles that are so prevalent in society, and I think it kind of adopts the lens that we're all at an equal playing field now. Um, Which is obviously not true, especially now we're kind of reckoning with the fact that there's a lot of systemic racism in a lot of the big institutions in this nation. And um, so kind of not talking about race and not discussing our relation to one another in that way, um, kind of put once again, like I was talking about, can maybe make a young... BIPOC middle schooler feel like the fault is theirs, that they're not at the same level as maybe some of their white classmates, when in actuality, you know, that is not the case.
1: The first audience submitted question is, my family moved to America from Pakistan. I don't speak English very well, and I feel like no one likes me. Can I make friends?
0: So for me, when I heard that question, um... I personally can't imagine, obviously, that immigrant experience. It's very different from what I personally went through growing up. But um, finding a community that's even similar culturally can be really, really empowering and helpful. Maybe first start with finding some people who you can really identify with and relate with. Um, And I know that's easier said than done. So for me, I'm thinking when when I was a young, you know, a young middle schooler, I didn't necessarily um, know where to go to find it like a native community but now that I'm older I I seek that out and I find that to be really helpful and that it it will get easier to find like like like-minded people as difficult as it may seem in middle school
2: yeah what I would say for like making friends this isn't even like just specific to your situation but like try to like get involved in like things and activities that you could do with like clubs and all sorts of stuff because like I've like, I've, like, moved a couple of times, but, like, one thing that's been constant is football. And, like, I always can make friends through that. And it's a lot easier, like, if you have something like that, or, like, there's, like, a bond already there. Like, even, if, like, you just meet somebody like that, and you can, like, become friends with that.
1: Second question. I'm not a kid anymore, but I'm still not a full adult. I feel misunderstood by my parents and by my friends. How can I change this?
0: I'm thinking when I hear that, um, in terms of feeling misunderstood, I think, um, I wonder, I guess a question that can be good to ask yourself is, well, do I even understand myself? Because I know that, you know, being a young adult is very confusing and there's a lot of questions that come up. And I think feeling misunderstood by family or friends, um, can be really, really difficult in a time when you're trying to find your own identity. So I would say that kind of a great place to start is kind of, just just thinking about who you are and who you want to be and then really communicating that
2: yeah I, I agree with what you said and like to add on to that if like you try like explaining and like you figure out what you want and like your friends still don't understand you like get new friends like they they're not they're like they're not having a positive impact in your life then they're not good for you
1: Okay, so I want to thank you all so much for tuning into We Got You. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends older siblings or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. Tune in for the next episode where we speak with Kobe, a 17-year-old who is dealing with anxiety but didn't know anything was wrong. If you want a chance to have your questions answered or appear on our show, submit your questions via DM on our Instagram at wegotyoushow or visit us at wegotyoushow.com. If you need to speak with someone about any issue you are facing, Youthline is a hotline. You can call for help 24-7. Dial 877-968-8491 or text TEEN2TEEN to 839863. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Lidman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mix by Rob Ballingle. Dialogue edit by Michelle Medias. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. Till next time, this is Samantha Logan saying, We Got You.
0: Support for Trax comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
1: This is Trax from PRX.